we start with the continuing battle over the Stanley Park bike lane. Last night, the new Vancouver Park Board voted to shut down the Stanley Park bike lane, restore the park to full vehicle access. Got Phil Rankin standing by to discuss this. Have a listen to this here first. Cyclists not happy with this move by the park board. Uh, They say there was lots of support to keep the bike lane going. They are going to keep fighting to save it. Here's a cycling advocate, Lucy Maloney. Have a listen. Upwards of 350 uh, emails have been received by the park board um, in in, uh, opposition of this motion with with, uh, opposition emails outnumbering um, supportive emails 20 to 1. Okay, so she says there was more support to keep the bike lane in place. Let's discuss it now with my guest, Phil Rankin. Phil's a Vancouver lawyer. He has represented uh, people with disabilities who felt the bike lane was unfair for their enjoyment and access to Stanley Park. And I'm very pleased to welcome him back to the show. Phil, thanks for coming on today. Thank you for having me. Well, you, you I, bet. Was, I was pleased with uh, last night's vote. It was, I now will remain hopeful that the staff will undermine them. As far as this Maloney lady, this group uh, that hub that supports bicycling in Vancouver, we're not against bicycling, but they receive a huge amount of public money, hundreds of thousands of dollars from the city, and I think well over a million in their charity. And they organized this little phone in at the last minute. And they represent, you know, uh, what I find amazing is how does a charitable organization get itself involved in chair in uh, particularly partisan events. They even selected a group who should be voted for on this election, and they certainly weren't ABC. So they they are basically a bicycling lobby that I'm paying for, you're paying for, and I don't see why we should be giving them any airtime. As far as the the park board, we're not – they took something away from us, the elderly and the disabled. We, We didn't take anything from them. They have exactly what they had before this stupid decision was made. And the decision was made by the staff. It was made by Malcolm Bromley on April the 8th, 2020. And the staff have run with it. The last board never led anything and never questioned anything. And they wasted tens of millions of dollars in resources. That's why Kitsilino Beach never opened up this summer. That's why the train doesn't go. That's why there was no Christmas train. That's why the park is in a shambles. That's why the homeless were allowed to remain in parks even though where the court said that they had to remove them but they wouldn't remove them not unless somebody built them housing which in other words it was an impossible task we'll do it but only if you build adequate housing for them which is unlikely to spend find ten thousand uh adequate housings for people who are drug addicted with mental illness and are homeless because it's not going to happen okay so we Phil, have, we've let- been held hostage by these people for three years Okay, let's dig down a little bit into the issue around the bike lane itself and your lawsuit you represented. You talked about the elderly, people with disabilities and their inability. They don't, they can't ride a bike into the park. So can you talk a little bit about that? Like how this bike lane was unfair to them? Well, the bike lane was removed. Well, let's look, look at the the rationale. The rationale was COVID, which is ridiculous. In my car, I don't present any threat to anyone. Then about three months, two and a half months later, the next last group of green copes, decided, no, it's for climate change. There was no evidence whatsoever there was even one saving of one thimble of carbon dioxide, nothing. It's, but they've, they've marched on on it. And now, they've, and now they have, have inserted that the changes they've made, because adding some more handicapped paces at places and opening up a few cutouts for the horses, that that solves the problem. No, it doesn't solve the problem. It means that basically there's about a third of the park that disabled and elder people can't get to. 
It also means that on crowded days in the summertime when the bicycle lane is is in somewhat in use and the other lane is all we've got, that you can't get a picnic and, and a large group of people in there to do your graduation ceremonies and your weddings and funerals and every other thing that people do in large numbers with families which require hampers and loading your stuff into the car and find, getting yourself into the park. So people have stopped going to the park. It's become a private park for the elitist bicyclists. They don't call themselves elitist because they're ideologues who believe that somehow they're saving humanity. Well, they're, all they've done really is restrict the park to a large demographic in the city, the elderly, seniors, people for whatever reasons and families that need to drive. And they've right. also lost tens of millions of dollars in revenue. This park is supposed to, our park's supposed to raise 40% of its revenue by various concessions and rentals and all the things that go with it. Not to say what they did to the leaseholders there at the Ferguson Point and the Tea House Restaurant, where they basically bankrupted these people. Okay, in a speaking of that. Bath race relations. Speaking of that, Phil, with the impact on businesses that operate in the park, I mean, this has been a frequent talking point on, on the bike lane. Let me play another clip here from Lucy Maloney, who's on, on the other side of this. And here she is responding to this argument that, look, you're hurting small businesses in the park. Listen to what she says here, and then we'll get your thoughts. It's pretty odd that um, this bike lane is magically causing problems for the businesses in the park when all the other businesses in in Vancouver that aren't necessarily even anywhere near a bike lane are suffering just as much. People are trying to avoid discretionary spending and that could also be a factor. Okay, what do you say to that argument? There's nothing to do with the bike lane. Their argument is ludicrous because, in fact, well, of course there's going to be some restraint, but it's on on the theory. These are two small uh, restaurants that have been in the park forever used for special occasions, Mother's Days, uh, weddings, uh, Christmas parties, birthday parties, and that kind of thing. And obviously, uh, being in the park, geographically relying on the, on the cars being able to get you, makes a big difference. Uh, it, that's why they all, some of these residents were able to have, get rid of parking on the streets to enhance some of their business. That's, that's true, but it's, not, it's a false analogy. To get into mm. Stanley Park, to any of these restaurants, you have to use a car. To get out of Commercial Drive, I can walk down to Commercial Drive and I can sit outside in front of one of these heated plastic surrounded places and, and, they, and they lose a little bit of traffic business, but it's in walking distance. The Stanley Park is not in walking distance unless you're an athlete who likes to do a, a 10K run. And unfortunately, <laughs> I, uh, I actually used to do that. It was called the 1979. Well, I'm, <laughs> I'm 73 years old. In 79, I used to do a 10K run with the Vancouver Sun. I don't do that anymore because I am lame, and my wife is, has even more problems, and my clients are completely immobile because they've got MS. One's a dental amputee. Another one's had a heart transplant and a heart operation. One is very old, elderly. This is, these, are just, these are just elitist people spitting on, on the people who actually pay for this park. And just also remember, this is not a park for the West End. This is a park for all of Canada, and it draws yeah. people from the whole lower mainland to it, not just from people from across the street. Hey, Phil, last question for you. You touched on some of the clients you represent, people with disabilities who felt that their access to the park was restricted by the, by the bike lane. What happens to your, your suit now, your, case, your legal case? Is that going away now that the, the, bike lane, the bike lane is being shut down? We offered the last board a settlement. That they, they were kept completely in the dark about this lawsuit. We've had 30 days of testimony. We're now moving into written argument. This is a very expensive lawsuit for the city. This is this is the cost of, of, of doing something for the train and or any virtually anything else that you're complaining about. 
uh, they don't want to settle. So we're going. It looks like we're going to the bitter end. And I don't know. Uh, I don't know if this is a good thing. But it's certainly not a good thing for the city, and it's certainly a, a, a bad uh, omen to recognize that politics have changed in Vancouver. The city has been taken back from completely from the group that basically decided that since there were bad things happening, homelessness, we had to destroy and make the city unworkable, so people will do something about it. That kind okay. of, of 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 gun to your head politics, it just doesn't work anymore. Phil Rankin, thank you for coming on this morning. Thank you. All right, you're welcome. Thank you. Phil Rankin, he's a Vancouver lawyer. He had a, a represented people with disabilities and the elderly who were opposed to the Stanley Park bike lane.